Hello and welcome to the m M&M and podcast. I'm Emma and I'm here with... Mizzy. <laughs> I feel Hello. like I need to stop doing it yeah. like this now. I'm going to just um, say it normally next yeah, time. Yeah, I didn't know when to bring that up, but it sounded great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm upset. So, now I've upset Mizzy and she's sad. That segues perfectly onto uh, today's topic, which is being sad and feeling shit. Because I've talked to a lot of people and it seems like over the last few, maybe like weeks, months, everyone's been feeling a bit shit. Maybe it's the autumnness coming in. I don't know. So we thought we'd discuss that a bit. And also some little ways to feel a little less shit. Yeah. But... Before we get on into that, we are going to be talking about what we've been watching and that. <laughs> so, Mizzy, would you... Why did I say that? So, Mizzy. Um, would you like to start on what you've been watching? Yeah. Uh, so, I went to the cinema twice this week. Um, bloody never stops for you the grind never <laughs> stops <laughs> the cinema is like literally 30 seconds from my house at the moment so it's perfect but yeah I went to go see <laughs> it sort of sounded then like the cinema was, uh, the cinema or your house was something that moved like at the moment <laughs> it's 30 seconds away <laughs> it could be an hour away next Tomorrow. week Tomorrow, I've got to make the most of it whilst it's there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um yeah, so I went to see a film called Hope Gap. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. It's got Bill Nye in, which is uh, always a good thing. You know yeah. Bill Nye. No, yeah. I do. I'm just thinking. Do I, nerd, <laughs> do I know the film? But um, and Annette Benning and um, Josh O'Connor. Is that who he's called? The one who plays Prince Charles in in The Crown. I actually you, haven't watched that watched past the second season was she in those ones yeah i didn't feel an inkling to watch the rest of them i've got to say well that's disappointing anyway um that so that was about um bill nye's character and nanette benning's character they get divorced basically and i think i've heard about it that's why it's ringing a bell yeah um it was emotional I feel like I was on my period that week and I, like, really needed to cry at something. So it's a perfect release. <laughs> <laughs> but it did kind of feel, in some ways, a bit kind of clunky and pretentious, but also sometimes I enjoy those things. So. <laughs> As a yeah. clunky, pretentious person myself. <laughs> uh, um, and then I also went to see a film called Baby Teeth. Have you heard of that? Because that is so good and you need to watch it, Emma. I think you'd really like it. I don't think I've heard of it. It's got down um, Eliza Scanlon in, who's um, in Little Women. Beth, Beth that died in Little Women. Oh, uh, wait, maybe I've seen an advert for this also. Who's in it? <laughs> her, who we just told Well, yeah, but I presume it's not just her. <laughs> and um, he's called, like, T- Toby... Wallace or something like that. It was in that TV series called The Society on Netflix, and he's Society. incredibly good looking. So okay, it's also that. Um, it's an Australian film, like a coming of age film about in like, Australia. 
guess. <laughs> they do. <laughs> no, like... the major Australia too. <laughs> uh, I don't... Like, I was thinking... I didn't know where I was going with that. I, I'm just stupid. Continue. <laughs> um, it's about she has cancer. So it makes it sound like that kind of typical, you know, um, terminal illness coming of age film that I feel like was very prominent when we were teenagers that was like most of those films The Fault in Our Stars all that kind of stuff makes it sound a bit cringy and a bit kind of like but it's so funny and like and I don't know it just properly gets you and you're like wow yeah when it when it kind of you watch a film and you're like yeah that's what it's like being a teenager or those kind of stuff and I feel like it doesn't happen very often Mm. where they actually properly get it without being cliche and cringy and ugh. So, yeah. And the soundtrack is so good. Yeah, it's great. I think... Would recommend. Potentially, I maybe have seen an advert for it or I haven't. And I've seen a picture <laughs> or something. I feel like I'm aware that this film is happening, but... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> Will I go see it at the cinema? Probably not, but hopefully it'll be on like, Amazon Prime. Why? What is your thing against the cinema at the well, moment? Support your cinema, Emma. <laughs> I'm either going to go with my parents or on my own and I prefer not to do either. Going <laughs> to the cinema on your own is actually really nice. I, I know, that. but Beverly's like 45 minutes away. I'm not going to Bridge <laughs> Cinema because it's like listening to a film through a tin can. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> a tin can but on full volume so it's like oh. when we went to watch Star Wars there and the, they kept the door open so it was like a bit of light just constantly Honestly. coming through right I didn't see a film not at Bridge Cinema till I was like probably like 14 but honestly I think it must have gone downhill it is the worst the pits of cinemas mm. is so bad. I do have some fond memories there, though. Like, oh, I remember yeah, I when plenty of fond I was memories. young, me and Shannon and my mum went to uh, watch the Polar Express on Christmas Eve and we ate so sausage rolls in the cinema and it was just... Uh, it was nice. <laughs> that is so cute, yeah. I have no idea why on Christmas Eve it was just me, my mum and my twin brother and not my other brothers. But <laughs> <laughs> I think they're my grandparents. The important ones. <laughs> Honestly, to be honest, like... Brid is is basically shit most of the time, but on a wintry night, something hits different about Bridtown Centre. It's actually mm. real cosy. Yeah, maybe it's the quietness. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah. O- Old Town in Bridlington also is lovely. Cobbled yeah. streets, nice like old street lampy things. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> popping off a bit. Is oh. this is a this is a very like niche Brid chat, but I feel like it's a big holiday destination. So. Um, maybe people are interested but yeah there's a lot of stuff going on down there like new coffee shops cafes and the likes so lots of hot drink places basically coffee yeah. shops and cafes well there's like galleries <laughs> the and stuff antique places <laughs> but yeah the important things hot drinks and food yeah especially for this season so yeah um, I mean, food is important for all seasons, but I mean, yeah, hot drinks <laughs> is good at this time. <laughs> to clarify, everyone should be eating all year round. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't advocate for seasonal eating. <laughs> yes. um, so what I 
have watched this week. I can only literally think of one thing I've watched this week. I don't know what I was doing the rest of the week. Um, it is blew my mind. I have so many things to say about it. And I don't know if you've seen it. And it's David Attenborough. Yes, I have seen it. I was What's literally waiting. I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> a life, a on, life on our planet or something. Yeah. Yeah. I've a, I have a myriad of things to say about this. What? A myriad of things. <laughs> wow. The, the message it conveyed, powerful, important, timely. But it was such a good documentary. Like, I would... They had those amazingly... You know how when they shoot a nature documentary and it's so vibrant and colourful and the actual images of the animals and the uh, environments like put a little smile on your face? Mm. They had that, and then they had the cold, hard truth as well. I loved how they had the timeline of, from, I I like how basically it was told through his lens. It was a really great, like, narrative device for it. That's really good too, because in Britain we consider David Attenborough a national treasure and no matter who you are you love David Attenborough yeah he's Doesn't like everyone's granddad isn't it yeah it and ideologically it speaks to everyone like he looks vulnerable because he's old yeah and we want to protect so him he's so old as well it's like 92 yeah. or something <laughs> but what was it when he was he was doing something and he was like I was 50 here and it was like I would say in my head 50 is quite old but when he was 50, that was, like, so long ago. <laughs> and he's been old for, like, half of his life. <laughs> I was like, it blew my mind a bit, to be honest. But, yeah, I, I liked how they sort of built him up as a character as well, using, like, a younger version of him. In Do you know what point. was funny, though? There was a part... <laughs> there was a part where they showed, like, a younger version of himself, and then they, like, overlaid it with the his old, like current self yeah and like, i did think that looked I, I, that a bit was weird. proper meme honestly but then like, he then they did the little fade away didn't they yeah um, which made it more meme i think <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i like how they integrated the old footage which thank god it wasn't shot in the age of digital because it's all been restored and it's beautiful mm. it looks amazing um, I like that it had a real celebration of our planet, showed yeah. what could happen, and then gave us a solution. So it yeah. had quite a positive ending, but really hit home with the cold, hard truth. And then... Yeah. And the urgency. The using of the Chernobyl thing. Chernobyl. Yeah. I was like, why have they used this? And at the end, when it all tied in, yeah. I was like, oh, go on then. It was such a well-made documentary. I, I feel like the one term they didn't use in it, which felt like the one thing they were calling for people to basically have, is empathy for other things than themselves. Yeah. Because it was like, in the end, we might not survive this, but the world will. But that means that the animals that we know today probably aren't going to survive this. And it's, is that a decision we want to make? And then also, even 
if we don't survive this, maybe we'll be alright, but our kids will be living in, like, the bloody apocalypse, whatever. So is that something we're going to let happen? It's deciding to do things less for yourself and more for a collective good. Mm. Which, that's the one thing, like, he gave all these solutions, and I was thinking, that is great, but are people going to do it and not do that but like until people decide to do things other than for themselves which I know a lot of people do but there's also a great amount of people who don't there's a lot of massive companies whose only incentive is money and Mm. they're never going to make the choice that is beneficial for people beyond themselves or their family or their own community and that's what worries me about the whole thing. Yeah. But the documentary, <laughs> I thought was stellar. Best thing I've watched in yeah. the whole of 2020. Well, it was really nice because we kind of made a bit of like, we watched it on the night it came out and we made mm. a bit of an event of it and all my friends came around to watch it and so we all had like a big... All six like a little, of you. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, like a cute little film night watching. I just thought that was nice that we all collectively on the night that it um, came out, like came out, yeah, <laughs> like, like released, like, open. <laughs> um, wanted to make the effort to watch it too because we knew that it was going to be good and important, and yeah. I think that's Lovely. quite telling as well that a bunch of young people what they want to watch is a documentary about. Uh, climate change and a solution to climate change so that Mm. gives me hope actually that the generation going forward yeah I remember when sorry carry on (laughs) I I I just think hopefully embedded in all of us is one of the priorities for moving forward is going to be making everything sustainable and Mm. hopefully that will be carried through everything everything that all our generation and the generation below when they go into work, if they end up being a teacher or a politician, one thing they'll take into that is like sustainability. A, yeah, like a a passion for the environment. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> Everything <laughs> <I> crossed. Mean, <laughs> the thing is is that it's the people who are there now that really need to have that because we won't get the opportunity <laughs> yeah. to Unless they do, so... Are you sure just what it's going to be like in bloody 2030? Yeah, I was like, I fuck's sake. I'm like... It's like I think the, the bloody pandemic's bad. The pandemic, bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But it did leave me feeling hurtful and inspired. And I hope it does reach a big audience. I, and I like that when it finished, the first thing it said was, who are you going to show this to? Mm. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Because it is inspiring and you want to share it with people. It's nice that, like, David Attenborough joined Instagram specifically because he was like, I don't care about the medium. If it's like, if that's what's going to get it out there, I will Mm. do it. But I think, actually, what's... Did they put it on the BBC at all? Or do you think they will put it on the BBC? I don't know. One thing that um, I did think while watching it is I watched Extinction the Facts and... There was a bit of crossover in, like, the almost the same thing 
being said but then at the same time the message is the same throughout both of those shows pretty much so there is going to be crossover so i don't know whether they will get it on bbc because it is but i I think they should because i think being on netflix has a predominantly younger audience anyway Mm. and i think we were more likely to watch it regardless of what it was on i think yeah whereas it's more it's older generations they're not if they don't have netflix they're not going to watch it so they need to be on like satellite tv i think but it netflix does have a very global reach but yeah i think which is good um yeah i think and i think you could tell from well he said it in the documentary but you can just tell by the fact that he is old and still doing this that he's probably going to do anything and everything he can at the moment through yeah. every distribution channel possible to get this message out because he feels that it is that important. And I agree with you, Dave. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I think what's also kind of amazing about it, the whole thing he said about it being his witness statement and mm. um, how if somehow, like, if everything went to absolute shit and we become extinct or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's so weird to, like, say that so carelessly, but mm. um, if somehow, like, there was, like, things that survived out of it, and, like, that could be something mm. that somehow survives out of it, and if, I don't know, you never know what's going to happen, but, like, somehow, like, if... The aliens or whatever, or something, yeah. And then it would be like an actual thing that exists, that shows that we destroyed ourselves. When we live in 12 different districts, (laughs) they'll put that on our wind-up TV Mm. in between messages from the Capitol. (laughs) (laughs) I'll watch that before I get sent into the... Hunger Games. <laughs> Feels like a premise for something. Um, I think what you were saying about the Chernobyl thing mm. is, I think that is one of the best ways to kind of visually represent to people what it's like because obviously, mm. you know, it's our fault that happened to Chernobyl. That's human made stuff. But how being left, how it's regrown. Yeah. into how the world is supposed to be and like visually seeing that is so bizarre it's so yeah. weird but that actually exists currently that that is a mm. thing that is there yeah it was a really effective metaphor i actually said because my my parents were walking like in and out while i was watching it but they're gonna watch it fully um i said to my dad i was like do you know what like maybe we should go mm. like maybe humans should go if we're going to treat the planet like that and there'll be a beautiful like giraffes and all that like living it up yeah but that's basically what the Chernobyl thing was a bit yeah but at the same time saying that that's very throwaway like it would lead to millions of people like for probably a hundred years living in famine living you know like it would be awful it's not just like we would just die straight away whatever it would be like a hundred hundreds of years of well, basically, like, third world countries now, which um, exist, would be everywhere. Yeah. Um, which isn't belittling third world countries. Like, that's an issue that needs solving also, but... Um, yeah, but that's precisely the point, isn't it? That we think about that as, like, something that's so far away from... Yeah. Us, and, like, that actually does exist, and you want... The reason you think about it as being far away is because you don't want it to happen to you, obviously, because yeah. it's awful. 
to... Yeah, it's empathy, you're right. To be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't think that's wording they could have used in the documentary, because if you just go to people, you all need to start having empathy, everyone will be yeah. like, I am empathetic, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then <laughs> no one you would listen. <laughs> You've got to be... You've got to approach... This is the thing, even if you are passionate about something, you have to approach most things with that calm sort of demeanor. Never, like, blaming somebody yeah. for something, because nobody takes things on board when you accuse no. them of something. Um, but, yeah, I know what I was going to say was, I think what worked as well, really well for that is, because it was his witness statement, it's everything he's saying isn't just like he's not pulling it from the air, even though it is his experiences, but there, there's all this film and moments to back up what he's saying when he was in these places that it was more abundant or there was this or there was that it's not just him retelling the stories as like a visual representation of everything he's saying and it's based on things he's seen and experienced in real life like yeah it is factual and and I think that's important yeah that's far more kind of like, people trust David Attenborough. Like, you know that that's what he spent his whole life in. Mm. So you know that he's not lying. You know that he's seen those things. Whereas in, I think the problem with a lot of documentaries is that it comes from, like, that narrative perspective of a person who's, like, actually doesn't really have any clue about the thing they're talking about and they're discovering it. Like, yeah. it's all a big conspiracy and it's been hitting them in as they've made the film. And so that's where you're, like, the foundation of it being true and trustworthy gets like broken up a little bit whereas with this like we I mean we have evidence visual evidence Mm. of that that is his life because he's always made tv shows and documentaries and stuff about those things anyway since he was a young man and so you can see it so you know it's true yeah I think also what's important about this is that um you know when you're young you sort of when you learn something new that you think is unjust you sort of like it's the most like obvious and important thing and you want to do something about it but it seems to be like the and it's not just about stuff like that you know like say new mobile phones when you're older it seems to be harder to understand like how to work a new mobile phone whereas when you're younger it seems easy but I think it's nice because he is older that he understands climate change even though it is a newer issue and believes it which isn't the case really for all of the older generation yeah because they think other things are potentially more important than that or they just it's not affecting them so they don't sort of believe it so it's nice to have a an older person and that's a very like sweeping statement but it's nice to have an older person yeah talk about climate change because of I think it's quite often just sort of brushed aside for an older generation that's actually kind of an interesting point as well about saying about the whole belief thing surrounding it because I read something (laughs) recently about like that kind of rhetoric is so like distracting and damaging anyway because it isn't a question of believing it anymore it's not like 
you shouldn't ever be asking anybody if they believe in climate change because it's not yeah asking the is, question creates like, the problem yeah because that suggests that it's something that could be not true but it yeah the question should be what are we doing about climate change yeah. not is it real yeah God. yes it's real it's not a bloody fairy tale <laughs> it's a nightmare and we're gonna live it woo 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 um but yeah feel like we should move on to something else because we're yeah. once again we're just like the sustainability chats but <laughs> i think the the one thing that impressed me that is just how well made that documentary was yeah i don't think i've seen a better documentary potentially ever mm. in what it was setting out to do and also just like it looked beautiful do you know what's really lovely too is that i knew about it before like obviously the him going on instagram thing and mm. like there was a bit of a build-up to it coming out yeah. and that's why we watched it the day it came out and it's really nice to get excited to watch a documentary because that's not yeah. what people do very much it's... yeah i think because it does have like real life implications and it's a worldwide thing it is something that should and has had a sort of oomph behind it um, yeah which is nice but right, we're going to stop talking about it now. <laughs> Enough! <laughs> Enough of this made-up climate change malarkey. <laughs> On to other stuff. Did you watch anything else, Mizzy? Uh, no. no. I've been at work <laughs> constantly, so no, I haven't had time. I'm watching something on Sunday, though, so next week I will, I'm going to cinema again on Sunday oh. to see Les Miserables. The actual you know, musical? No, the, no, there's a French film called Les Miserables. Oh. Um, what, like... It's ba- about the 2005 Paris riots, and it's oh. incredible. Like, so, oh, I think nice. it won the Caesar... How do you say it? The Caesar Award? <laughs> but it's in French, it would be like Caesar. <laughs> I don't know. Caesar? <laughs> Very prestigious French award, basically. <laughs> we'll say. Yeah. Um, so well, if we're doing little life updates about you being at work... I've just started my Open University course. Oh, yeah. There we go. There's been a lot more than I expected. (laughs) I was like, what? But, God, my brain's alive again. Not today. But as a general rule of thumb, I was like, I haven't thought like this in years. And I was like, I love it. I love it. That's so so nice. (laughs) Yeah, so if you're thinking about taking a break from education, maybe do it because I don't think I would ever go into education with this much enthusiasm <laughs> in the past but oh it's so much fun i'm like tell me more tell me more <laughs> wait can we just say that's kind of like a weird role reverse thing now how you've like gone into a uni thing and like mm. really enjoying it and now i'm going to full-time work it yeah <laughs> but... which i mean i did beforehand and i think i think actually that at some point it is really useful for anyone to maybe have a full-time job in something like hospitality or like retail retail yeah something a bit gritty Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because I I do think it gives you a bit of a grounding for everything else and it makes like for example education feel so much more exciting yeah having (laughs) known like in my job my brain is used minutely um (laughs) So it's nice to, like, use your brain a lot. or And then also, like, you actually do hard graft. You're tired when you come home. It's nice yeah. to, like, 
to sort of, learn something and or, have, like, like kind of suffer a bit. It's not real suffering, obviously. <laughs> like it's fine, but to to sort yeah. of know what you want after that, it's nice to create a contrast. I think, yeah. and makes the things you want or don't want seem more obvious to you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you cherish them a bit more because you don't get it as much. Like, you yeah. don't always have the time or the energy to do the things that you like doing. So, yeah. <laughs> on, on that <laughs> sad note from Mizzy, <laughs> we'll get on to today's yeah. um, uh, topic. topic. God. <laughs> Couldn't find the words. That which brain is, you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, literally, I've been using that brain all week, and today it's just gone. I'm out of the building. Signing out. Um, yeah. Anyway, today we're going to talk about feeling sad. Yeah. <sighs> so, and when I message you this saying, I think we should do one about like feeling shit. Your reply was something like, "Yeah!" Like exclamation mark, and I was like, "So, is this something?" <laughs> you've been because it was like enthusiastic but in that way like god i feel that yeah <laughs> wait Sister. let me look at it <laughs> it oh. was something it made me laugh at the time i just thought haha yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was like yeah sure <laughs> was it Maybe in my head I was just like, God, she's excited to talk about sadness. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, to be honest. <laughs> because I, like, a couple of weeks ago, for sure, I was, like, just feeling so shit. Like, and I was like, why is this? There weren't really reason. I think maybe because summer just sort of went, and I was like, it's cold now. I was like, all my friends are not here. Well, some of my friends are here, so that's me. Most of my friends are gone. I have nothing to do. <laughs> oh, I feel shit. And then I was like messaging people like we should do this. And people weren't replying. I thought, oh, God, what's, what's up with everyone? Like everyone's just been like feeling shit. And because, and no one's sort of been saying it, I feel like, because I don't know, like people are like, oh, well, you know, Corona's going on. There's worse things happening. Like me feeling a bit shit's not really an issue, but it is feeling it shit is. shit. <laughs> and we should maybe talk about that more yeah well what are you saying about the seasonal thing mm. seasonal depression is a real thing yeah but interestingly i think that was something because right so you really like summer and have never really liked autumn and winter that much whereas i've always really liked autumn and winter and never really liked summer that much so mm. um i never really got the whole the seasonal depression thing and that until maybe like a maybe like two years last last year and the year before probably I started to feel it a bit more and I didn't really know why as much because I I really like the like cold weather and dark nights and like the cozy stuff and things that happen in winter I like, like the coziness but god oh Waking up in the morning, oh, being dark. Yeah, but then I have, like, I go to work at um, 6am or 7am sometimes, and obviously it's really dark, and I walk mm. to work and it's really quiet, and yeah, I don't know, I quite like it. It's very, like, <laughs> peaceful. Mm. But then equally I like it when it's it's that time and it's light and doing that, so I don't know. But, um, 
it's strange because there's a lot of things that I like in this season and a lot of things that I look forward to and like being inside and being cozy and warm I like but then I think I start to realize that because I'm doing that a lot and especially with like working a lot means that you're more tired and you don't want to go outside and do anything um and then the contribution of the season being like forcing you inside means that actually when you're not going outside and seeing things and doing stuff yeah it makes you feel crap but I don't I find that I don't realize it because I associate those things with things that I like doing but don't realize that because I'm doing it all the time that is what's making me feel crap you know do you understand yes. it? I don't know if that made a lot of sense. <laughs> Some of it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think as well, so far this year, with everything with COVID happening, we have been inside alone a lot. And I think mm. at the start, I was like, do you know, like, I can, like, there's so much stuff I can do on my own, like, it's fine, not a big issue, like, trudging through, like, and, like, kept this momentum going, like, oh, it's fine. And then we've got to winter now, and it's seemingly not much better <laughs> than it was before. Like, does it sound like Berger's going to put us in a further lockdown? Yes. Is that disheartening? Yes. So I think, like, there hasn't been that... We haven't had a big summer like we thought we were going to have. Maybe thought winter was going to be the... Like, summer they started easing stuff, thought that was going to be, like, an exponential, us getting out of it sort of thing. That hasn't happened. It's closing back in, and the nights are closing in. And it all seems to have come at once, and it feels a bit shit. I think maybe also because this season seems to be where we do a lot of things like you have bonfire night and halloween and christmas where you see people and do things collectively and now it's like like we were just talking about how on bonfire night from my house is you can see the park like it's just like across the road from where they do the big bonfire in oxford Mm -hmm. so we could have like it's so expensive so we were like we could just watch from the window and we obviously (laughs) fight to be really nice but i'm like are they even going to do that this year because you can't have big mass gatherings they're doing driving ones around here Mm, that's quite smart yeah but like they're already um advertising it because they won't have that many people and so yeah but yeah i think yeah i think everybody's missing like being around people that they love (laughs) (laughs) i think the winter anyway is pretty rough for a lot of people because it's yeah. dark and especially if you're working like nine to five it gets you, you hardly see daylight which isn't good for you anyway and the things that do punctuate that with a bit of joy are like things like bonfire night um halloween wait halloween bonfire night christmas and then with christmas and even comes, like the run-up to christmas yeah that. comes you know love actually that starts <laughs> bloody weeks before yeah. six weeks five weeks like, you've got your staff do, where you get pissed with your work, mate, Christmas and something market. inappropriate happens. <laughs> yeah, Christmas markets. Out on the lash with all your school friends you don't really yeah. like. Like, <laughs> all those things. I think, unconsciously or not, people are aware are not going to happen or be the same this year. And there's... Yeah. Unfortunately, think- there's just not a lot to look forward to. And I think that is... Even if you are, like, someone who is very contented with life, 
not having things to look forward to is a bit shit. Yeah. Well, it's like there's not a lot of hope at the moment. And I yeah. feel like when you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, obviously, it makes things worse because it just feels like, when is this going to end? Like, mm. when is I've it had get this back? discussion with my parents about Boris's leadership. The fact that I'm not bothered about his, him locking us down and stuff or whatever, if it's the right thing to do. And all the other things they're doing, I understand, are with the best intentions. However, I feel like as a leader, he could do a bit of a better job of like just revving us all up and saying like, at some point this is going to come to an end and like this is going to be good at some point. But it's just yeah. like nothing. It's just dum, 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 I need a bit of reassurance, honestly, Boris. Like, and you're not filling me with it. <laughs> Directly speaking to you, Prime Minister, um, you're not Mr. giving me the, the confidence I need. <laughs> oh, and here's another point in all the like things I've seen in the news and in the papers and stuff do you know how our my area you're not here at the moment our <laughs> home area is being categorised in terms of lockdown and stuff I don't know if they're going to lock it down like this but in the papers and stuff this is how they're categorising our area as Yorkshire and the Humber I don't think they realise that's about half the bloody country Yorkshire's mm. huge you can't just put that under one thing and saying we're all not doing well because there's about five billion different places in Yorkshire (laughs) yeah that's accurate um (laughs) and the Humber and they're just like yeah this area is high risk and I'm like that area is mac off you can't (laughs) say it's all high risk for I'm anybody who doesn't know that. what Makoff means, because <laughs> I, coming down south, I said that people didn't understand what I mean. Niche it means phrase. massive. <laughs> <laughs> Coined mostly by Shannon Sutcliffe, I think. <laughs> That's why I know it. Yeah, shout out to Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> Weekly Shannon shout out. We should do that. Yeah. <laughs> we should get like him record some of his phrases and we'll just use them. <laughs> yes, yeah. that would be amazing. Well, maybe next week. Um, we should have had Shannon on the vegan sustainability chat. Yeah. As a new vegan. Yeah. Well, we will at some point then. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, that's got her excited. Not sad anymore. It's on winter. Future plans. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think people are like, I always, it, it, people go, oh, if you're only looking forward to your holiday, whatever, you must not really like your life, whatever. I don't think people say that all the time, but it's sort of the thing, like, you need to enjoy every day, but you don't always enjoy every day. Not all of it, all mm. the time. You maybe are watching a TV show on a night, but sometimes, like, most of the time, you're not like, oh, can't wait to go to work. You think, can't wait <laughs> to get my paycheck at the end of the home, month. Yeah. yeah, like, that's why mm. you go to work. So it is nice to have things to look forward to, like a holiday, when you know for, like, seven days, you're going to do whatever you want that's um interesting actually because i feel like that that's what um the work thing is what contributes to me feeling crap to be honest it's not because i don't like my job like my Mm. job is is fine and Mm. it's probably one of the better retail-y customer service things especially because i'm a team leader so it means that i tell people what to do instead of them just telling me what to do which i hate (laughs) (laughs) i love the power Missy but loves being the dictator. In control, yeah. Of... <laughs> is it a co-op? 
it's a co-op yes yeah. co-op yeah, it is, is what we do <laughs> it's like going around in my head constantly because <laughs> we have co-op radio it's like a four hour it's not a radio it's like it has like occasional 10 minute things of somebody speaking but the rest of the songs are just a four-hour loop <laughs> i've been there for 10 10 days in a row i'm sorry i'm just going to do a fat round because nice. i've been there for 10 days in a row and that's all I hear. <laughs> it's driving me insane. What, it's the anyway. same four hours every day? Yeah. Like, the, oh. the only thing that's different <laughs> is the occasional bit of radio of them speaking sometimes. Mm. But it just seems to be like at lunchtime, maybe, they do that. And then the rest is just the same four-hour loop of songs. <sighs> maybe they need some better investment in. Maybe you should just, like, <sighs> write to the people at the co-op write to them we're not in the 60s <laughs> maybe pop them an email, email them. um <laughs> the 60s. and be like your radio station's a little bit shit maybe mm. i could do something better love me <laughs> something yeah. like that yeah maybe Those that's an opportunity exactly. yeah maybe. maybe um but yeah i think the whole thing, especially with coronavirus at the moment, and the big thing about the arts industry, we had seen about this oh, with yeah. Rishi saying that... Um, Have you seen the Liam Gallagher tweets? Yeah, <laughs> it cracks me up. Shall I try and find them? I need to yeah, read them, them aloud. Like, I feel depressed about that because there isn't a, much of a... I can't see the trajectory of how that's going. And I think... I was having this conversation with my housemate um, and she was saying kind of like, well, I feel like what he's just saying is is that you need to, if you want to get some money, then you just need to do whatever job you can. Like, it can't happen right now to be a musician or whatever, which is fair enough. Yeah, but I'm like, to be honest, most people are probably doing that, but also, you know, jobs aren't exactly thriving at the moment. So it's not Mm. like you can just... Like, the musician that gets a job in a supermarket or whatever is taking away the job that somebody else would do who wasn't a musician or whatever, you know? So, I don't know, it's difficult. But I think... Sorry, have you found them? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Liam Gallagher, so eloquently, as always, put, Sir, the derps in guff telling musicians and people in the arts to retrain and get another job. What, and become massive C-U-N-T's? I can't say it. <laughs> Like you, nah, yeah, all right, come on, you know, LG. (laughs) And then he put another one. This country would be on, oh, wait, redo, redo, panic, (laughs) panic reading. This country would be beyond wank if it wasn't for the arts and music and football shirt. A bit of respect to you, little turd. Come on, you know, (laughs) LG. Turds in capitals as well. (laughs) But But that is like... Amazing. (laughs) That is how you kind of feel at the moment. Because, mm. one, it brings into play this other big debate about arts jobs not being proper jobs kind of thing. And that has always made me simmer with rage. Yeah. Because I'm like, stop telling me that. Just because, like, it's something that you would enjoy doing. Like, if you play music or, I don't know, make sculptures or make films or whatever it is just because it's seen as something that's like an enjoyable thing to do mm. i.e a hobby doesn't mean like it's not a proper job that you yeah. should enjoy what you do i just don't understand this idea that work mm. has to be something that you just do to get money and not just fine if that's what you want to do too and when it takes up such a vast portion of your life i think it would be nice for and for the government to want most people to have a job that they really enjoy 
Yeah. Like that but would also the greater good. What <laughs> upsets me about that stuff is not just from a personal point of view of me being like, am I ever going to be able to do the thing that I want to do? Mm. Because I think what a lot of musicians are calling for with the thing they're saying at the moment is not them being like, oh, let me go out and play gigs again and endanger people with being in crowds or whatever. What they're saying is they want some reassurance that when this ends their industry isn't going to be fully gone and having to be fully rebuilt from the ground up Mm. and well this is what i'm talking about about reassurance like there's nothing is there it's like they're not saying they're not saying next year we will start like hopefully getting back to normal and this will look like this just nothing it's like we're gonna lock you down more for longer through winter and even deal with it what's gonna happen and you know maybe quit music yeah, like, and that's not the message like, you want from a government, is it? Yeah. So from a personal point of view, I'm like, I'm upset about those things because I want to do those things. But also, I'm like, I enjoy consuming those things for yeah. people. And that is something that makes... Like, when you come home from work, you watch TV, you watch mm. films, you listen to music, you do all these things and you consume all the stuff because it makes you feel happy, it makes you laugh, it makes you cry, whatever. It, you want to do it. It makes you feel alive. Like Dead, Dead Poet Society, when he said, you know, what is it? It's something like engineering. This is, I think, the second time you've quoted this on the podcast, and I love it. it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it was engineering and science and all this and law is all noble pursuits, but poetry, music, and art, that is what we live for. What we live for. That is what makes us feel alive. I do love it. Robin Williams. Um, yeah, what like what did everyone do throughout lockdown to keep us all sane? They Watch baked and they made things stuff. and they watched things and they listened to music and <laughs> like learned hu- to play instruments and human life, especially we live in a Western world where survival isn't the main thing, and that's not what the economy is built on either. Our economy is not built on people just surviving; it's a built hugely on leisure and stuff like that that there's, like, that's what people did through lockdown. They watched stuff, and then coming out of that, that's what people are going to want and need because we live in a society, a society, that um, <laughs> where that is part of our culture, to enjoy yeah. things and to have fun. And, and you can't strip be. that of a culture, can you, and expect no. it to carry on, when actually the economy is built on that partly, and hugely mm. probably. Yeah. Just, so basically, agree with Liam Gallagher. I'm like, just you yeah. know, give the arts industry a bit of fucking respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's sad to think as well that like, in the coming years, we will we could have like less music mm. or less TV because someone said that that's not important. Yeah. Well, me and my friends were saying that about like because obviously the industry has been on halt for most of the year and then it reopened a bit but he's kind of shutting down again i'm like how much stuff will they have completed to be able to like sustain you through the next if we have another lockdown period or is it just going to be repeats of stuff like are we actually going to (laughs) get new content (laughs) because i need that (laughs) i need new content and if i'm honest i only need a small amount of that to be based around YouTube and Instagram vlogs and reels. Like, yeah. it's great for a bit, but yeah. we, I need TV. Yeah. I need film. 
I need a short series, mm. a four-parter, over a bank holiday, which we haven't got any bank holiday. Oh, by the well. way, just want to say that um, I watched that TV show you said about last week. Oh, uh, yeah, finished that. There's yeah. only four episodes, wasn't it? I was like, oh, I bet there's about eight. There wasn't. Was I think it was six. No, four. Oh, four. Right. Don't lie to me, it was either oh. four. I watched Broken Up, so maybe that's why it felt six. Very good though, wasn't it? Did you enjoy yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> on your period. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. That was not feminist. <laughs> yeah, it did sound like um, your brother or something there, like, you're on your period. Because it's not malin. Wait, do you know what I do you want to say about the whole thing? Is how the premise of their love story uh, was about. Like, when they met, it was like, oh, God, they're so different because he does science and she does art. How will they ever be able to <laughs> like each other? They're so fundamentally different. And I'm like, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> so stupid. No, but I suppose he is very, like, she's very, like, free and yeah. bohemian. He's, He's very like, emotionally inept. <laughs> we should do this and that. <laughs> dub, dub, dub. And not feel anything. <laughs> Feelings, no, 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 thank you. <laughs> yeah. I like it. And do you know what character I did love? Which, do you know what, actually, we'll quickly have a, a segment on us here. Um, I really like the character Freya. You know, the uh, Swedish, was she? Dentist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. liked that they had both a new love interest and his past love interest be two characters you liked because... Unfortunately, people do fall out of love and it doesn't make either of them bad people and it doesn't make the person they fall in love with next a bad person. We're all just people. And I thought that was quite a cool little moment in that. I like that. There might be pain surrounding it all, but it doesn't make people fundamentally bad for being a part of that. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, we're talking about... But this is what I mean. Bloody government. So we just got excited <laughs> about talking about a TV show because yeah. it makes you happy and reflect yeah. on things in your own life and, oh, lovely. Yeah, Go because it, it is sad to think that we could become very, like, um, I don't know, like, sedentary in the way we live because we're not experiencing things which mm. we're not and a good and then you way to express things it doesn't mean that yeah. you're not you haven't stopped feeling things mm. it just means that you don't have any outlet for any of that that stuff that's what a lot of our stuff is is an yeah. outlet but then also a good way that when we're not actually allowed to go outside or doing it less a good way to sometimes experience things without like on your own or in a more confined way is through art like listening to mm. new music and stuff sometimes that can be an experience that doesn't even mean you have to go to the pub past 12 yeah um so the arts just like save us and yeah i'm and sorry so Rishi, <laughs> but you're cruising for a bruising mate <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's it's sad as well because that in- industry is so much more than the artists as well. Oh, God, and yeah, that's, like, what people never seem to understand is actually the millions of jobs that are in mm. that. But you just look at a film credits thing, the thousands and thousands of jobs that are in there. Sorry, I've got a, yeah. an ambulance <laughs> going by. Um, and in music and stuff, people just think, oh, it's the person who's singing. No, it's the person who did the lighting in that gig and... 
all of like the I can't think of anything else right now, but you know what I mean. There's so many the bookers, the advertising, mm. the people who run the venues. It, there's a lot of jobs in those things that just yeah, and unfortunately you know. as well, a lot of the jobs like lighting and sound and stuff, those people aren't. They sort of have a gig by gig basis way of working, which mm. until now has been sustainable. And through this, they haven't got the funding that other people have gotten. And that's a high-skilled job that it is going to be needed again because we're not going to stay like this forever. Mm. Because eventually, scientifically, a pandemic runs its course, so we won't be like this forever. So there is going to be a need for it. And them just shitting on it is a proper yeah. piss take and it's going to make people feel even more shit. And I'm sick of it. I am bloody sick of it. I do think, like, I sort of understand for in the perspective of them being like, well, they can't physically do it right now, so what do you want us to do? We can't just give them money yeah, to live to be, like... He probably said it in passing a bit. Yeah. And didn't really but, think yeah, about how much it would rile completely. people. Um, but I think what would be nice is, like, it's to sort of maybe try and, like, think about solutions for how you can take people who have those skills and put it into a job that would require those skills still for the yeah, time being or to, skills. <laughs> yeah exactly the government love those <laughs> so um but also even to maybe think about new innovative ways of kind of having the things like with what they're trying to do with music where they have the virtual gigs and stuff mm. definitely not the same but maybe trying to brainstorm things from those to see if we can come up with something new of how we mm. can experience those things. Like, what has happened to our evolutionary innovation stuff? Because we don't really do that very much, do we? No. <laughs> Anymore. Unless it's to make it so that we just don't have to do anything, like building robots. <laughs> anyway, it's a different topic. You know Tracy? My mum, Tracy. I do know Tracy. She yeah. loves Mika. Um, and she bought a ticket for his live show thing, streaming. And he actually did that for Beirut um, as, like, a charity yeah. thing. And he raised over a million pounds, and the tickets were £5 each. So, like, there is money to be generated. Obviously, he gave all of that to charity, which is incredible. But there is money to be generated in stuff like that. Mm. And that can pay for people, like, in jobs like that so even now these artists still can make a lot of money and it's not something to be just like poo-pooed like it's not an availability right now because it is mm. and yeah we always need music <laughs> in closing yeah um i thought as well well, what, I don't think actually we maybe touched on the fact that we've had a bit of a rant because we've been feeling angry and shit, obviously. <laughs> but um, I think one thing that's quite important about this is to maybe bring up to people or just, like, give your friend a message to say you are feeling a bit shit because I didn't at all. And I was like, God, I must be, like, the only person who's feeling just, like, a bit defeated and rubbish right now. But then eventually, like, when you talk to people... It's been quite a widely felt thing recently. I've like messaged, I was saying, I messaged a few people and like, um, 
they haven't replied and stuff or they've been really late replying and I think people have this thing don't they now where they're like if someone isn't gonna message me back like that energy I don't need that like in my life which I think is a bit harsh like if so sometimes people don't message back because it's like that um do you ever get it where like the idea of messaging back someone is the most exhausting yeah. idea in the world and I like I fully understand that and sometimes that's not you sometimes that's the other person so sometimes it's nice to give them a message a few weeks later and be like, oh, you're doing all right sort of thing. And, you know, if they don't consistently, if they, like, don't reply over a long period of time, it probably means they don't want to talk. But in general, it may be because they're just having a bit of a blip and they don't they mm. don't feel like replying or they're struggling a bit. And you checking in on them is probably really nice. And vice versa, yeah. if you can manage to message someone if it doesn't feel like the most exhausting thing in the entire world. Just saying, like, oh, I just feel a bit shit today. Would maybe do it another day. Like, it's also nice, because, like, at least someone else knows then, or... You know what I mean? Like, it is hard to share when you're feeling like that, because you can feel really stupid, and I do understand that, but it's... I think it's nice to, like, try and... I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting on with this. Well, it's, like, collective... the point of feeling crap and stuff is that it always feels like a lonely thing and yeah. it's a solitary just you but it usually isn't and yeah if you tell somebody and then you realize even if it's like they're not feeling shit or whatever but they can still help you but they might be feeling crap too and you mm. can you feel like oh well it's not just you're not alone in it anymore even yeah. if it's you've got nothing to the reasons for feeling shit could be completely different but just knowing that other people can feel like that doesn't make you feel such an idiot. Or, like, I always feel guilty, I think, when I feel crap. Because I'm like, what are you... Like, this morning, I... Like, I, I can't, like... I, I want to lie in after I've been at work for ages because I'm like, you need to sleep physically. You actually need to do that. <laughs> but then I'm also, like, I feel bad about doing it because I'm like, you've got a day off. You should be doing something with your day off, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm just, like, constantly, like, waking up every two hours thinking get up no go to sleep get up. and I feel like this conflicting guilt shame yeah. and it just makes me feel worse I'm like why stop holding yourself to these impossible standards yeah I think or it's at the moment as well we've touched on COVID a lot there is this worry that you maybe sh- you quote-unquote shouldn't feel bad or sad because you're the one who's healthy or you're the one who's getting mm. paid throughout this but it is a weird time and even if COVID's not going on there's plenty of times where you just feel rubbish and it's I heard this thing they said on the high low I think it's something that I don't know some writer basically said this that sometimes you will feel awful and to you in that moment that is the most awful thing that is on the planet and that's just a fact and someone else might be suffering in a different way that if someone else looks at it they might say that's worse but for you at that moment the thing you're feeling is the worst thing and that's okay to feel bad about and for that to encapsulate your life for a bit. Like, you are allowed to feel sad about things that other people might feel stu- think are stupid. Yeah. And obviously don't wallow in it forever, but you are allowed to feel sad. Like, that's yeah. okay. And sometimes it's good. And Tracy's calling me, so... <laughs> Shall we just <laughs> have a minute pause? Sorry, just <laughs> had a brief intermission from a call from Tracy 
who had a little cameo twice in today's podcast. Very exciting for her. <laughs> so what were you just saying, Mizzy? Because Mizzy's just been recording and I haven't. Um, <laughs> we just did that thing where it's like, it's okay not to be okay. <laughs> Recap of yeah. our past conversation. And... Um, I was saying that I just saw a tweet um, by Jacob Sartorius, that, like, 14-year-old Instagram influencer that used to go with Millie Bobby Brown or whatever, and it was, like, a selfie of his, and he put, it's okay not to be okay, and somebody quoted the tweet being like, I'm just sharing this because this tweet saved my life, and, you know, just in case it saved somebody else's life, but, like, I think they were taking the piss because they were being like, oh, it's, now that I've seen this selfie of you, I feel much better, obviously. <laughs> But I was saying, as much as it was probably hilarious, because I just can imagine yeah. the sort of selfie it was <laughs> in the context, context it was in, sometimes that stuff yeah. does, like, reach the right people. Yeah. And also, the, stuff like that as well, like, when um, someone like that maybe... I don't know if he's ever said, like, oh, not feeling good today, whatever. People seem very quick to go, well, what have you got to feel sad about? Mm. But it's like that whole thing that for him, there might be something going on that is the saddest thing that has ever happened and that is engulfing his life. But other people will be dealing with things that if you were to maybe put it on a scale would be worse. But I don't think you can ever put like suffering or sadness on a scale because it's just so very... um, Contextual. Personal. Yeah. Yeah, and contextual. So, yeah it's okay not to feel okay and I I mean obviously at the moment I think we're talking very much on that small pocket of sadness there's obviously that can go further into depression whatever that's something that needs sorting out in a probably more professional way than listening to this podcast yeah um (laughs) well definitely needs sorting out in a more professional way um, but that's something that, like, hopefully people can reach out for as well. Yeah. I know it's a hard thing, obviously. But but I, I've got come up with a few things that make me feel better yeah. when I'm feeling blue. I've actually... This is a little spread in my bullet journal I've put, and it's kind of aggressive, yeah. but I like that. It says feeling blue. Some aggressive not... bullet journal going on over there. So, so, like, I read this, feeling blue, hmm, a bit, and it goes, not any bloody more. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, all right, fair enough. <laughs> so I've written this. This is, you know, like, if I've woken up and I'm not feeling it, because that sometimes happens, especially in this weather, especially COVID, especially when all my friends live bloody down south. <laughs> Sorry. Selfish. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um... Go and thrive down there, guys. (laughs) Go on. Um, So (laughs) one thing, actually, that I haven't written down on here that always makes me feel better, and it's happening right now, Mrs. Yeah. It's the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought I was like, is she going to say talking to me? And I was like, that actually is true (laughs) as well. (laughs) I meant the podcast more. I do love recording the podcast. Even if no one in the world listens to it. Which actually, I was looking at our things on Spotify and we had a hundred and something starts. So that's like overall listens. But 42 listeners. Oh, what? And I was like, that's quite a lot more than I expected. That makes me nervous. <laughs> I thought there was going to be about yeah. five. So I was, I was buzzing the rest of that day, honestly. Yeah. 
But yeah, the podcast always but makes I also, me feel... what is nice about this is because obviously we don't live in the same place. Um, but we've we've managed to relatively keep, <laughs> we've managed to keep <laughs> a solid friendship going throughout all this time that we've not been living in the same place. But this particularly more than anything means that every week we do speak to yeah, each other and otherwise this has we been go probably, long periods of time when we yeah wedding. the first time in a long time where we've spe- sp- spoken <laughs> spoken to each other regularly which it's been real nice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also we get to make the podcast for all you lovely 42 listeners <laughs> um, but yeah I, I do do you know there's a couple of reasons why I like doing this one having a good chat with Mizzy always fun <laughs> Two, it makes, especially, obviously, I've started my course now. But before then, as I said, I don't use my brain a lot in my job. Um, so I just wasn't thinking much or having, like, I don't know, a conversation that made me Stimulate. tap into the old noggin. Um, <laughs> so it, it, it was quite nice for that. And it still is nice for that. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like that, too. Having, being able to, like, have a discussion and debate about things keeps things... The cogs turning, you know. Moving. Even if yeah. we, to be honest, we really chat a lot of shit and we don't really back up our arguments or have any, like, yeah, definitely. solid reasoning for anything. Yeah, but, but, I, <laughs> but I do think that's fine pretty much because we are not, like, politicians. Yeah. It's not so we're allowed to, to just, like, that. base things on opinion and stuff we've heard even that, like, we're aware of it. And, you know, if yeah. it really, we do care about being, like, factually correct and stuff. So we will do some research sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, if I was to speak in front of, like, the country. <laughs> the nation. <laughs> the nation. Maybe I'd do a bit I more fact-checking. The nation. <laughs> If I was As ever I'm in the situation sure. where I had to adjust the nation, maybe we'd do a bit more fact-checking. Yeah, but, a little bit more. I mean, <laughs> if the bloody President of the United States just lets whatever royal off his tongue go on to the world stage, I think we can yeah. on our podcast. So, um, so I've, got, I've got a long list of things just to keep me, keep me feeling good. Um, I've told you, haven't I, about loving, snogged, married, annoyed. No. With Chris and Rosie Ramsey. Oh, wait, yeah. The podcast. Okay, that's what it's called. Okay. So that's on my list. Listen to Chris and Rosie when I'm feeling a bit down. I listen to it on the way to work and I look like a crazy person because it's the sort of thing where you laugh out loud and I'm sat in my car, like, driving along, like, laughing to myself. <laughs> I look crazy. But that always puts me in a good mood. And I think it's nice... <laughs> this sounds quite sad, actually. If you're not... If you're a bit bit lonely that day whatever it's nice to hear someone else having a conversation even if you're not feels like you're part of it and a bit more like community so i really like that i just think going for something that makes you laugh like i've put watch some sitcoms like how i met your mother new girl things that make me laugh it doesn't have to be something like nice golden oldie sitcoms there (laughs) they're like my i re-watched a bit of how i met your mother in Oh, a couple of months ago when me and my mum went away and I was cracking up left, right and centre <laughs> and that was from episode one and usually episode one is bad yeah. of most things whole season one's usually bad but that kept me kept me chuckling away <laughs> but I, I think sometimes you think oh I've got to watch what's like 
like the David Attenborough thing. What's like topical? What's new? I need to read a book that everyone's talking about. Sometimes it's nice to just watch, watch, read, listen to stuff that adds nothing to your brain cells mm. and just makes you pa ha. And also to go and rewatch those things that made you oh, feel good yeah. when you were younger, like the nostalgic thing. Yeah, because I used to. I used to get back from school, secondary school, at like five o'clock because I had to get two buses. That's so rough, in it? <laughs> That's real hard. <laughs> um, and when I came back, I'd be eating my blooming like lasagna and chips and salad. How I Met Your Mother on in the background in my blue polo shirt, crying about physics homework. <laughs> I remember crying about physics homework. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it. Oh. Those were the days. Yeah, so, like, How Met Your Mother takes me back there. Um, I've put... Oh, this is a nice one, if you're feeling a bit sad. Do a small to-do. <laughs> Something that... It's, it's not too... <laughs> <laughs> something that's been on your to-do list for a long time but takes zero energy but you just haven't done for like a week mm. it's it's real good to do that and i kid you not that'll put you in a good mood you feel accomplished yeah because like today i've got these trousers from depop and i bought them knowing they had a bit of a hole in the front she said that there were only five of them with free delivery mm. nice um i don't know if it was even worth sending them to be honest but go on then so i sewed it back up today this home which has been just freely living for the last few weeks it took me about two minutes to fix this hole but hell do i feel better afterwards yes <laughs> i'm a whole new person <laughs> i can now wear these trousers outside it's revolutionary <laughs> in many ways so the small to do that's been needed that is not a, a to do written in small handwriting that's just a small unless that's what makes you feel good in which case do that <laughs> in which case do that uh so along with the whole a lot of these things are very much of the same ilk it's just putting you in a good mood basically and i think sometimes i get in this sort of rut of thinking that oh, if i can't listen to sad songs like and feel fine i must be just like wrong quintessential like i must be a sad person but sometimes you are sad that's all right so just like listen to the happy stuff you don't have to put yourself through more misery but then some people do like listen to sad songs when they're sad so whatever floats your boat um i made a playlist where is it christ i got fired you're okay um And this one also is kind of passive-aggressive. It's called You're Not Blue Now. (laughs) You aren't. I've told you so, therefore you're not. You're not blue now. You don't feel sad. Bloody hell, if I got called one more time... One second. Sorry, that was just the opticians. My phone's been blowing up this afternoon. It's bloody Saturday afternoon. That was rogue, isn't it? Just got my new glasses. Um, Yeah, so this playlist, anyway... Um, includes it's not very long yet I'm hoping to extend it includes the tunes Ebenezer Good 
Step On by the Happy Mondays. Moving On Up, Primal Scream. I'm on a big Primal Scream kick at the moment. Loaded, Primal Scream. Common People, Pulp. Country Girl, Primal Scream. It makes me feel like... Sassy. <laughs> like I'm a bit of a badass, but also I'm going to like a weird underground rave. Mm. And I love it for all of those reasons. That is the and ideal that, feeling. <laughs> yeah, it just lifts me out of sadness. So, yeah, find your own happy playlist. What would be on your happy playlist, Mizzy? Don't put me on the spot like this. I can't just... Do you know what? That's a really hard question for me because I don't think I listen to very much happy music. Just yeah, well, I think as a rule, of, that's why I've had to make this one because yeah. as a rule of thumb, especially my monthly playlist, very somber. Mm. It's like it's like that calm, yeah, like dream poppy. Uh, mm. Yeah. Well, this mm. is interesting listening to what you you're saying to make you feel better because there are all specific things that are like very, oh, these are happy things, you know. Whereas I feel like yeah. weirdly, like I think I'm the opposite. Like I'm a, a wallow in my own misery kind. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what I was saying about people like listening to sad music. I think it is, it's great to feel sad sometimes, and I think it's really important. I think this is one thing I have like learned over this last year a lot, is to like let yourself feel the emotions you're feeling. Mm. Like, even if they may be like are a bit... Um, I don't want to say crazy, because that's not what I mean, but like they may be, you know they're a, not quite where you should be. It's good to feel them. But, like, if I want to feel better, this is what I go to. But then sometimes I do think, let me put on some Phoebe Bridges yeah. and really feel this moment. Yeah. Well, or um, folklore. Oh, folklore, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was walking to work for the past week, it's been a lot of days where it's been really rainy and miserable. But Oh, I bet you loved that, But Yeah. You? Like, I actually... I walked to work in fully pissing it down and I got to work and I was just straight up drenched like completely oh, I couldn't do the whole work day like that but then I know like I thought it would be horrible but it actually was fine and I sort of like weirdly liked it and then there was one day when it was it, it got a bit warmer and it was quite sunny and I remember walking outside and I was listening to like my sad music and I was like God, this weather is not matching up with how I feel, and it was really <laughs> pissing me off. I was like, "That's technically what should make me feel better," but it didn't. Yeah. I was like, "Get me back that grey sky, and let me yeah. feel this." Yeah, I do this. sometimes think like if you are wanting to really feel those emotions, sometimes happiness or happy things, yeah, like all the things I just suggested, for example, <laughs> can feel very oppressive. Like yeah. sort of going, "Feel happy now," but I think, I think this is more for like. When I'm feeling that sort of, like, I wake up and I'm like, oh, I've got to do today, today. Mm. I'm like, listen to these. And it, it boosts my mood. Yeah. So it's not... But if I'm already I sad, I, I just think... I need to learn to do that a bit more because I think I end up just going far too into the, the sad thing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Um, do you know what, actually, I think... Um, like, last night, I went to the pub for the first time in quite a bit, 
And um, mad time. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I'm actually I'm gonna do my makeup properly. I might put some eyeliner on. And I was like, I pick an outfit and like get ready, listen to some music, kind of thing, and feel like. Because I also because I wear a uniform at work. Like I haven't worn my own clothes oh, in ages, and like just being able to wear my own clothes, I was like, that made me. All those things made me feel better, and I suppose that's the plan mm-hmm. thing. When I was like, I'm going to see my friends have a nice time but like the actual process of doing it I was like this is nice it's nice to feel like I'm doing something yeah and it's not just a repetitive like things you have to do also yeah. I think things that make me feel better is trying to find that balance between doing things for yourself but where you don't feel like guilty about I feel like I always feel guilty about things all the time and that's what I need to stop yeah, doing I, I really think there's been this whole like trend a lot of the time for people our age for and it really eats into that whole capitalistic mindset that everything you need to do needs to be of some sort of worth and that's usually monetary Mm. worth and it's super unhealthy yeah well like I have severe back problems. Like, it's not severe, but it feels severe. <laughs> Self-diagnosed. <laughs> so, like, when I got my paycheck this month, the first thing I did was buy um, a back roller thing. You know, those. <gasps> oh, There's nice. just, oh, it's so good. Incredible. And well, a, have to buy one now. Also a po- <laughs> Sponsor is back rollers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, a posture-correcting strap thing, because I have terrible mm. posture. And I was just listening, like, uh, all hunched over, and I was like, shoulders back. And um, an acupuncture mat thing. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) She's gone. So, yeah, like, basically just solves all my back problems in one fell swoop. So the the acupuncture mat thing is so nice because it's kind of painful at first. But once Mm. you, like, actually relax into it, it, it makes, like you get all like warm and your muscles just feel completely relaxed and I was like I feel like I must be constantly tense and constantly Mm. not relaxed because I can't remember feeling what that felt like and so it's nice to just whereas those things it's like I'm doing something for myself I'm taking time for myself but I'm also like you're actually you need to do that you actually need for your back to feel okay for when you go to work and have to lift things and you know generally so that you're healthy (laughs) like (laughs) so I don't feel like guilty about those things because I'm like not that the thing is I shouldn't feel guilty about doing things for myself anyway but Mm -hmm. like with those kind of stuff I feel like it's good because I'm like you're actually helping yourself and it's sort of like crossing one of those things off your to-do list where you're like yeah I need to sort that out (laughs) a small to-do exactly (laughs) fix my back (laughs) even like taking vitamins and stuff because I'm not good at it like I I I, for some reason it's something I just can't get into my head to do every day and so when I do do it I'm like oh yeah good one Missy (laughs) Mm. look it after yourself (laughs) cup of tea that's always something that makes me feel better yeah always hot drinks yeah because I think actually it's mulled wine season also so that is very nice. Yeah. I think maybe, like, the British were stiff up a lip and would say, oh, I won't do any of that fancy meditation malarkey. Mm. But what do you do when you sit with your cup of tea? Yeah, because that is essentially oh. meditation. Yeah. <laughs> the reflection. Yeah, the, mm, I think that is the, important. The like, heat through your body. Yeah. The warmth in your hands. <laughs> no better feeling. 
like sponsor us tea. <laughs> Yorkshire tea only. <laughs> I take PG. No. Or Stop Twinings. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Fine. Um, taking that time to do like a bit of reflection. You know, when you just have like ten minutes when you're in bed, and you just like think. <laughs> when you only day. sleep for ten minutes. <laughs> no, the, but the pre-sleep part. You yes, know. yes. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, I've got that's to the crux like. of your issues. <laughs> I, I, it's the 10 minutes sleep. Right, I never nap because I always find it, like, I never want to nap. I never have a desire to. Even if I feel tired, I like. like, I don't ever want to do it because I know it makes me feel crap afterwards. The other day, like, it was day nine out of ten in a row. And I was literally, like, I, I started at 6am, finished at 2pm. She came back and I was like, I just... I tried to stay awake and I was just like in my bed, but like doing my freaking e-learning because when I'm not at work, I have to do my e-learning, oh, you know? Sod <laughs> off e-learning, honestly. Because um, it, it takes forever for no yeah. reason and it's usually stuff you don't need to know. Like, I don't need to know about GDPR because I'm not even in the reception I area. Know. I don't deal with Or that. it's just like freaking common sense stuff that I'm like, I don't need to watch a 20-minute <laughs> video on how to not give somebody with a nut allergy with something with peanuts in it. Like, I'm not a fool. <laughs> anyway. You say that, but I nearly poisoned a colleague, actually. Oh. Well, I mean, that's because, you. No, but that me. was... It wasn't really <laughs> It wasn't really my fault because she was like, can I have your biscuit? And I was like... A bit of your biscuit? I was like, yeah. And then I was like, no, there's peanuts in there. And she was already <laughs> <Slow eating>. <laughs> She was just sick afterwards, though. And I was like, do you know what? That's not on me. It's not my allergy. Yeah, she should have been more careful, really. (laughs) Yeah. That's the tea. Um, But yeah, then I just... I I couldn't stay awake and I just fell asleep. And I felt crap afterwards. And then I was awake for about two hours. good nap. It it never works out well for me, but I was like, I physically needed to do it. Like, I just needed Mm. to sleep. And I was awake for about two hours afterwards. And then I was back in bed again for another... I needed to sleep again. And it was just sleep sometimes you just need to sleep that makes you feel better yeah i i realize i'm full adult now because the one thing i'm eyeing up at the moment is a new mattress mm. Mm. yeah I'm waiting on black friday do you know what? and i'm gonna splash the cash i think that's interesting because an easy way of like feeling better i often find is buying things like when you go on <laughs> yeah. Depop or, or like i just showed you I bought that new eco-friendly frying pan. I've been desperate for a nice frying pan for a while. And so I'm excited about that. But Desperate. <laughs> honestly, I've been thinking about it for so long. Gagging for a new frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that stuff, I try to not do it because I'm like, whilst yeah, in the moment, healthy, is it? I feel like I really, it makes me feel better because I'm like, oh, something I wanted, something nice. Mm. But obviously it has the counter effect of meaning that you don't have very much money because you're spending yeah. it and then it's, you're like why have I done that instant yeah it's like gratification a, yeah. and it wears off so yeah <laughs> like trying to figure out how to how to do things that make you feel better that are sustainable you know that's why I think having good hobbies is yeah um good because like even as much like a lot of hobbies create in the end like a product almost yeah so you don't even need to buy it so there is gratification from it as well yeah like guitar the product is a song sweet sweet music (laughs) sweet sweet (laughs) or twang twang sometimes music (laughs) and like today did a little bit of painting what have i got from it 
a new customised phone case. Phone case. <laughs> and Mizzy can attest, yeah. it looks sick. Pretty cool. <laughs> pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> Just so you can imagine it. Um, I'm going to verbally describe what's in front of me. We've got six, no, seven <laughs> little ghosties with varying expressions and some little stars. Mm. And it's a clear fern case, and I've done that on the inside. So it's really nice, that. <laughs> Phoebe Bridges inspired, obviously. Mm-hmm. She's my... She, she's just uh, done a... Made a record yeah, label, aren't she? Oh, love that for her yeah. yeah but you know i was thinking about this a bit as well and we've gone on a tangent we're gonna let it happen <laughs> it's a it's a weekend podcast and it's a bit more chilled out <laughs> so deal with it uh, <laughs> i was thinking do you think some of the reasons you maybe did that is because of like some of the experiences she and other people she knows have had with males within the like yeah. music production probably which is so sad, isn't it? Yeah. Honestly. But, like, amazing on her for doing it. And, like, that's really... Hopefully will create, like, a space for other female artists. I like it when um, musicians make their own record labels because I always think, like, when it comes from the person who obviously has the right intentions for what they want to be as a musician yeah. rather than just from a, oh... I want to make money from it. Like, mm. it, you get better artists and stuff. I like yeah. it. I, I think, actually, the saying that music is maybe one of the few industries where the people making money also... Care like, about. a lot of the big record labels still do put a lot of, like, emphasis on, like... Maybe they'll seek out someone who they think is going to make them, like, at least one hit, but they'll really, like, help them cultivate their own sound and do different yeah. things. Which, it, it, that's a... See, this is why music needs to not die. <laughs> it's the only good don't, and true don't industry. Don't kill the music. <laughs> Please, the music. <laughs> Murder on the dance Wait, do you know what that reminds me of? That film that I watched, Hope Gap, at the cinema... When the woman in it, to be honest, I'm not surprised he divorced her because she was incredibly, incredibly infuriating. <laughs> but obviously, you know, it felt sad for her in, in her voice. But, <laughs> but she was incredibly infuriating as a person. But she right. said to her son, she was like, she was like, what are you, what are you going to do about this? Your dad is murdering me. He's murdering our marriage. And he's like, just because there's no blood just doesn't mean that a murder isn't occurring kind of thing. And she's being like super dramatic about it. And I'm like, that's what I feel I like right that metaphor now. though. Like, yeah. Just because, you know, there's no audible pain, there's no, there's no physical mess, mm. <laughs> does not mean a murder is not occurring. Well, there maybe that is also... I do declare... <laughs> Well, I was just going to go on to something a bit more serious, but thanks for that, Lizzie. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that maybe that's a really good metaphor for what we're talking about, about being sad, that it's not always something you can physically see, yeah. but it is really... Painful. Painful sometimes. Yeah. And it is real and happening. I think that's a... A, n- a note to end the I'm not sure if it's a good one. I think that's a that musical is... note. <laughs> um... Unless you've got any other... No, I haven't. I haven't got anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm empty. Talk to your friends. No, I'm feeling full after this this podcast. 
thing to do. Yeah, same. Yes. Because we've talked to each other, that is why we yeah. feel better. And it, I think the thing, although it can be hard, it your friends do understand and you'd probably be surprised to know that, <laughs> or not surprised that you're not the only one. Yeah. Oh, I have, Especially right now. Yeah. Having said that, though, obviously, it's like, it's an easy thing to just say that, like, talk to your friends or whatever, but sometimes yes. your your friends aren't, like, emotionally available to speak to you, and then that can be, like, that makes it worse. So, like, I don't know, yeah. it is hard, hard because, like, like I, <laughs> I recently just had an argument with my twin brother because a few weeks oh. ago i know shannon shout out will again. you even come on the podcast now <laughs> we've made You've up really it's hurt his feelings no the other way around actually oh. <laughs> so i'll tell you actually shannon you're bad <laughs> he i was re- upset and he's usually the person i call when i'm upset and he didn't answer and was just like i can't talk right now and then he never like asked me back he mm. never like, the next day was like oh what was it kind of thing and it made me, like, dwell on it for ages. I was like, why is he, why does he not care about how I am? That and it is made it something worse. I would do, yeah. because I just... So then I, I eventually spoke to him and let it all out and cried about it. And he was, like, obviously, like, a bit more, like, taken aback. And obviously didn't realise it's a thing. He just didn't know. But I'm there yeah. building it up as a massive thing. Like, he doesn't care about me at all. And... and it's just that he, I didn't communicate. I mean, the thing is, I tried to call him and he didn't answer, so it was difficult to communicate. Mm. But then I didn't further communicate. I didn't. He didn't yeah. reach out, I didn't reach out, and it became like, Neh. I think it's also like when someone doesn't like immediately message all, all this, it, it is sometimes because they, like, as you said, aren't emotionally available too. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe a bit of patience with everyone at the moment. Yeah. Don't immediately jump to thinking, oh, they don't care about me, because that's not healthy. Because we never do that. (laughs) We didn't just have a prior conversation about me doing that. (laughs) Missy didn't just admit to doing that. We're very, we're very well-rounded. Yeah. Um, Super stable, healthy. Yes. Perfect people. I think patience with other people and yourself. Yeah. This is one thing I did want to say, actually. I always read, because I love a good bit of Pinterest. I love a good mm. Pinterest quirk. Bit of, like, they take stuff out of books and stuff. But there's often, and also with this whole cottage core thing at the moment as well, there's a lot of, like, enjoy this, make every day, like, enjoy the mundane. Every day is so special, blah, blah, blah. But not every day is special. Sometimes days are just, the, the only purpose of the day is to get to the end of it. Mm. And sometimes that is an accomplishment, and that's fine as well. And you don't always need to compare it or think that your life every day needs to be magical or special. It'd be great if it was, but it's just not, is it? No. And I think that's something as well, like, just just sometimes be, like, happy that the day's over. Yeah. And that can be a fine thing to be happy about. It's all very personal, I think. There's, there's so many, like, ideas pushed onto us at so many different levels, and... Obviously, it's good to be influenced by different things, but at the end of the day, what makes you happy, as long as it ain't, like, murder <laughs> is probably the one. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's, that's that mic drop. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, nice thing to end it on there. Don't murder people. <laughs> <laughs> that's the second and last note. Yeah. <laughs> we can't carry on talking. Um, okay. Yeah, that's all for today's podcast. I think I'm going to go a nice get a nice rambling weekend one. 
Oh, yeah. I think I might too, Mizzy. <laughs> Good idea. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you in next week's yeah. podcast. Bye. Goodbye.